All right. Welcome to episode two of the Beerside Podcast. We got the same guys in here last time. We've got Joe, we got Kevin, and Hello. we got a special guest who finally made it down the hill from Flagstaff. We have Casey. Say hi, Casey. Hi. <laughs> I'm new to this, but we'll get this straight. Pull that microphone out of your mouth. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is his hand on the back of his head as he's talking? It feels so good. <laughs> so um, we thought today we would get a little bit into uh, some of the some of the insides and outs of the beer industry. And Casey is uh, another industry guy. So we're gonna hear some fun stories about him. He's been doing this. How long have you been doing this, Casey? Uh, I've been doing this about almost nine years now, and uh, things have changed between the nine years that I've been doing this. And, you know, it's gotten a lot crazier recently, just with the amount of breweries and 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 things going on within the industry. Like what? Like how much can you get into this? No, I can dive deep into this. It just depends on what people want to listen to and what people want to hear, and and how crazy, uh, you know the things that happen in the street that people want to know so let's we, we sit and we talk a lot we meet on a regular basis every week we sit and we hang out we talk and drink beer and some of the stories you have are pretty fascinating because I'm not into what Casey does Casey's actually a distributor works for a distributor company so he gets to see what it's like going from bar to bar going from brewery to brewery um, but he's also had a lot of background in, uh, in like said, point of purchase sales grocery stores bars and he, he comes from the comes from the deep east if you can't tell from his a uh, little bit of twang in his accent there but uh, a little little bit of twang a little bit yeah, yeah just a little bit a little bit <laughs> what's the deep east virginia oh. virginia oh. a little bit of the south you know south how many sisters do you have <laughs> how many brothers do you have uh, zero. This is not West Virginia. I'm from uh, actually Virginia, and uh, we don't participate in those activities. All right, so to make this thing a little bit easier, Casey, why don't you give us a little bit of background? You know, how'd you got into the industry? Um, where'd you start? How'd you end up in Arizona? Uh, well, I don't really want to talk about how I got into Arizona, uh, but I started about nine years ago. And it really was just on accident. You know, I started doing personal training on the side, and that's what I got a degree in. And my buddy was, uh, you know, working for this really big distributor. My buddy was working for him, uh, a big Reyes distributor in Virginia. And he's, you know, he's working seasonally. And he's like, dude, just come work for us, you know, before you uh, start doing this personal training stuff. So I did it. And I started on the grocery side, and, and I just didn't realize how big the industry was when I when I first got there. You know, you walk into a grocery store, and and you're like, holy shit! How do I find this beer? How do I, where? How is everything arranged? How is everything coordinated? Like, how does this work? And the more you dive deeper into uh, grocery stores, you you kind of figure out how things are organized and. And created, and how smart these these uh, these big companies are. So I, I did that for a little bit, and, and I figured out, you know, craft beers where I wanted to be. I, I got into, uh, you know, buying mixed six packs from Total Wine, and every every little mom and pop's uh, bottle shop I'd get to. 
So I did that for a little bit, and and I grew out of of the uh, Miller Coors selling aspect. You know, I want to get into more of the uh, craft beer, so I, I switched over to a competitor that was all craft, and it just showed me a different different world of uh, you know you you want to pitch the really good quality beers and and stay away from the the stuff that maybe is watered down or or not flavorful enough. So it was it was a big wide, uh, eye opener. That's cool. That seems seems like a lot of us kind of got into craft beer that way. We um, started getting introduced to uh, you know something with more flavor, something a little bit different than a typical American light lager, and it was just kind of opened up everybody's mind. I think all of us here standing here, we even have a couple of guests standing around here, and I know I got a, a friend still here sitting here next to us next to us, and. Uh, I've caught him into craft beer a little bit, but he's still like a Bud Light kind of guy. But he appreciates it. Well, look at his clothing. That will tell you what. Yeah, exactly. Remember? <laughs> Go Devils. Weird. <laughs> I, will, I will say one of my greatest stories is, uh, I'd say he's a mentor, but he's probably my age. He started with Abita Brewing, and, and he went to brewing school and stuff. And he was just like, you know, we would talk about beer all the time. And he'd say, you know, there's a beer for every occasion. And, uh you know, they hit home because I, I thought, you know, Miller Coors was too big at the time. But it's like, you know, when I'm out mowing the grass or something, I pick up one of those big beers. Like, that's kind of what it is. There's a beer for every occasion. And, and I, I don't think there's a there's a time you can, like, discourage drinking one beer or the other because uh, a Miller Lite is designed to taste that way. I mean, it's going to taste that way every single time. And I think that's what every brewery should strive for. I get it. I'm just I'm on the other side of that argument, and it's not that I don't drink it because I wouldn't say I enjoy it. But being in this industry for so for so long now, um, and drinking the kind of beers that I drink, a typical lager, I'm just not a big fan of. I know they're kind of popping up now. A lot of these craft breweries are starting to make some, and I think it's pretty cool. But some of them just it's just has that just that flavor, that distinction that I'm not I, I really don't enjoy anymore. I really want something more. I'm, I almost feel like I've been spoiled now with this, the amount of craft beer that's out there, the big, bold flavors, that when there's something really light like that, I'm just, I'm just not a fan anymore. I can, you know, I can still do like cream ales and you know, some, maybe some pale ales and things like that. They're still, but generally those are super hopped, so there's still more to it than just you know, a Miller Lite or a Bud Light. So I, and then also we can get that into the whole thing about you know, not necessarily selling out, but just what the big guys do to make it difficult for us. It's selling out. It's okay. You can say it. <laughs> Everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. I, I, I still am curious because we were having this conversation earlier. What is the definition of selling out? I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough question. Four peaks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I had something it, in my throat. You know what? I've been very vocal on this subject, and I think that selling out, me is more along the lines of starting a craft brewery with the idea and the intent to try to grow it as quickly as possible to sell it for a profit. When I got into this industry, um, it was about the people who started home brewing and just fell in love with beer, and this is what they wanted to do. And it wasn't about, I'm going to make beer, and then I'm going to make this brewery really popular, and then I'm going to sell it, because back then, they weren't buying anybody. Once that thing happened and those numbers started getting thrown around, it was like, a lottery ticket. Everybody was thinking, oh man, I would sell out for this much. I would sell out for that much. And God, it wasn't a meeting or you know a group of brewers or owners hanging out with a topic didn't come up. And then whether it was good or bad, they would, they wouldn't. 
So I, I understand that, but I heard this story. I don't know. I don't remember where I heard it, but uh, Kiki Vanderway is an old basketball player, and he retired, and he was living in Washington. And one day he gets a knock on the door, and they, people say, "Hey, we want to buy your house." And it's like, "Well, it's not for sale." And I'm like, "Okay, we really want to buy your house." He's like, "I'm sorry, you know, I just retired, and this is where I'm going to live." So sometime later, knock on the door, they come back, and they say they want to buy they want to buy his house again. And he's like, "I'm sorry, it's not for sale." And he's like. You know, we really want to buy your house. Sorry, it's not for sale. <laughs> to come back a third time, and he says, hey, we really want to buy your house. Here's a check for $10 million. He says, I'll be out tomorrow. So everybody has a price. It's the same thing. Like, if your Jeep, no, if your car was for sale, you know, you're, it's not for sale right now. But if some guy comes up and goes, hey, I'll give you 50 grand for your, for your car, you'd be like, done. Exactly. Done. So everybody has it, but some people, but, but there are all those guys who maybe built a car, they love that car, and no matter the price, they're not going to sell it. So it just it just depends. So I don't blame anybody for selling out. Um, I don't I don't blame Four Peaks for doing that. And even when we say selling out, I don't think that's the right way to put it because people throw that around with with, with bands. I love this indie band, and until they sold out and got a record deal, well, aren't they all trying to get a record deal? Pretty much. Yeah, so I don't understand that. So I don't think it's selling it. I just think that it was maybe maybe the next progression and the next um, plan for them. But I, I am curious, uh, you know, since we're two in the industry, I'm curious on what the uh, two guys in non-industry think about, do I still drink those beers that have been bought out, or do they do they not? Like is, that, is that a big uh, a factor in what they drink? Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm pretty much a brewer. Um, <laughs> I've touched some pipes. I've uh, shoveled out mash. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he did talk, a tri today. I that, was impressed. Don't put me in that category. That's weird. You probably touched plenty of pipes in your day. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, every day. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't even get me started. It's probably a better question for Kevin. <laughs> no, but seriously, does that, like, if you go to a, uh, a non-brewery or a... Um, you know, a, a bigger restaurant, does that affect what you buy? Does it, Kevin? Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, for me, it's like, if, if it's still good, if it's still the beer that I liked before, then I'll still drink it, you know? Yeah, I see it's it like, tap sometimes. I'm like, what? Yeah, but, you know, if it's, if it's, they've sold out and they, now it's different owners and now it's a different recipe and it's not the same beer anymore, then it's like, oh, well, you know. This is a different beer now, you know? So then I have to rate it on its own merits of how it tastes and, you know. I'm, com- I'm completely with you on that point. Yeah. You know, and I, I have to be a little, uh, you know, in the middle about this because I do work for a Miller Coors distributor. So I, I still drink the big beers. Like, you know, honestly, I do. And, and I'm not ashamed of it. And, but it does it, it does affect quality, you know. I do I, I look for quality beers and and I I look in that for either what I sell and what I don't sell, you know. So if it's if it's something that's local that I want to support, but if it's not like a very good quality beer, then I don't want to drink it. I'd rather drink something that's done quality every time, that's done the right way every time. Mm-hmm. It's understandable. I think for me, what it is is I. I'd rather support the small business, the local mom and pop shops, regardless of what it is, whether it's beer, whether it's pizza, stuff like that. I try not to give my business to the big um, corporation type places. 
so that's basically where I'm at. I'm not a big fan of like Budweiser, Bud Light, all that stuff, or Miller or anything. I'd rather come to say Richter or a Dubina, Eight Bit, places like that, where I know that the guys that are doing it because they truly do care about the product that they're putting out. It's, you get these big businesses, all they care care about is just mass production and just trying to make a make money is where it ends up at. Even though all of us are trying to make money in the end. But if I'm going to spend my money, money, I'd rather spend it with people that I like, people that I enjoy, and the relationships you know I've developed or built with, if that even makes any sense. <laughs> no, it does. It does for me, too, because when I went down this road, it became important for us to support local. And before we, we were open, when we were looking for places, all we did was go mostly to breweries. And we always went to those locally owned ones. We became really good friends with a lot of them. And... It was important for us to support them, and to this day, they support us, and that's why the reason why we always have like some of these breweries beer on tap here because it's almost like saying thank you to them. For Makes me, sense. yeah, but for me, because I am trying to make a living doing this, and I am up against the the big guys, and they're trying to do everything they can to stop me from succeeding or, you know, making a living and putting food on the table for my family. I I can't support that. Not to say that I wouldn't be. I'm not friends with those guys. Um, and sure, they probably still make a great product, but for me, I just I can't support it that way. So I'm I'm a little bit different. It looks like we kind of have like three different opinions here, and that's you know what it's all about with that. No, and I I definitely like to hear three different opinions, uh, for from different three different levels of uh, people in the industry or, or not industry, but just a fan. Yeah, you know, uh, fanboys and brewers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, See, that's a, that's a derogatory <laughs> term, you son of a bitch. Those are fighting words. Fanboy. I'm just a drinker, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting this this topic to come up so quickly, especially on episode two, because this is a big topic. And this you know, is... we need to kick this fucking guy out of here. He called me a fanboy, and <laughs> I'm going to hang on to that for the Kevin rest just of the time that I know nose. him. <laughs> yeah, Brandon's a fanboy of Bells, too. Come on. You have I'm not going to lie, um, somehow I was able to score a six-pack of uh, Hop Slam, and uh, <laughs> this, is, this is still one of my top, my top beers. I love this beer. Every year, I'm waiting for it. Um, every day, Casey comes in. <laughs> every week, he comes in. I ask him, hey, is my Hop Slam in yet? Is my Hop Slam in yet? So, uh, yeah, but I do love this beer. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And this is the last beer, really, that I kind of still chase from being a fanboy in the day. This is the last <laughs> beer I still go out of my way to, to find it. I love this beer. I'm so curious of uh, you know being locals and everything. What is the beer that you chase most in Arizona? What is a uh, beer or brewery? Who do you go? They have a new release. I need to get that. What is you know what is the driving factor behind that? And, and I'm not a fanboy to ask or say uh, you know Richter. I, I want you know I want some honest opinions or or things like that that. You know, I know that he spends a lot of time here, so he's always looking for your newest and best beer. Yeah. But outside of Richter, what, what, uh, what are you looking for? I. Me? Are you? Oh, you can go for it, Joe. I want everyone. Dude, I'm honestly, I love Brandon's beers, and he does a good job. But I am a huge fan of Historic Brewery. I love their Pie Hole Porter. I think that's what's really got me going. But Renhouse is another one. I can't remember which one it is. If it's the Joe Max or the Black uh, Caddis that they put the cold brew in. I think that really uh, gets me hard. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> I go from 6 to 12 real quick. That's not we a good the real, joke. We got the creeper over here. I'm just saying. 
But I'm going to tell you, I'm just throwing it out there without giving up too, informa- too much information. Brandon has something that's going to be coming out, and I know it's going to be better than all of them. I don't want to give too much more because it's you know. been coming out for, for two years, but it's coming. Don't it's, say that. It's coming. Don't worry. All right. It's coming. For me, well, go, Kevin. Go, go, go. Yeah, no, I've got a couple. I'm always, I'm, I'm at uh, Brandon's place every week, so I'm always looking for something <laughs> new from Brandon. But um, besides that, North Mountain Brewing Company, they always come up with some unique barrel age stuff that's always fun. And then Dragoon in Tucson, which when I'm lucky enough to get it up here, that's always good too. So um, Dragoon has a lot of good, uh, a lot of good, uh, very clean, very awesome beers. And so I'm always excited about Dragoon too. So, but now uh, being a uh just a regular at, at Richter, has it turned you on to more local breweries and, and more local beer than you had before? Yeah, absolutely it has. Um, I don't I don't go out and chase a lot of these ones, these these can releases. I've never stood in line for a beer. Cool thing is people just bring them to me. So it's kind of neat. So you're on the inside now. You're on the inside. So that is definitely a perk. I mean, you can make that the first perk is that you start a brewery, people bring you beer. And that's pretty awesome. But um, but for me, my favorite beer is that I still don't want to say Chase because he gives it to me. I go over there and get it. But I love the Nib, the Nativity in Black from North Mountain. Um, it was, it's been one of my favorite beers for a long time in Arizona. Um, you know, I love the... Uh, a shot in the arm from McFate. That's just damn good beer. Everybody loves, you know, the candy bar. It's got its place. I'm not a giant. I'm just not that style. Maybe not for me. But shot in the arm. That's a, that's a fun beer. Oh, you just made me think of fucking uh, McFate's strawberry milkshake. Oh Holy yeah. Holy fuck, is that shit good? But yeah. I love the uh, upside down shot in the arm. Uh. I, mm. I love how they did two versions of it. Yeah. So that's. That's, I mean, because if I'm not here and I get, a, I get a day away, I'm usually, if I'm not at North Mountain, I'm almost always at McFate. Even when I, I drive over there to pick up kegs all the time, so I'm constantly McFate. I'm constantly um, putting them on. I mean, I don't know when this is going live, but actually on Wednesday, the, I don't know what day that is. It's coming Wednesday. I think so I said that the 30th. Yeah, Wednesday the 30th. We're actually doing a tap takeover here with McFate. We're going to have um, f- five or six of their beers on tap, especially, uh, a couple brand new ones as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's usually where I hang out and that's usually where I like to drink. Um, but I don't get to go out to a lot of places. Um, once we opened, you know, a lot of other breweries have, have, have opened after us and I've, I want to get out there. I get out to BRI on occasion. Um, the lolly is insane. They're doing some fun stuff. Some of their barrel eight stuff is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I just, that's, I don't really get to go anymore. I'm just kind of, it's changed my opinion on a beers and made me appreciate it more. Um, and I wish I had the chance to go out and drink a lot more than I do. Well, I drink a lot, but I wish I had to go. Do, I could go do it there. <laughs> I'll do it for you. Don't worry. <laughs> as long as you like your own beer, you drink it, right? It's a lot for the cheaper most that part, way. I do. Yeah, for the most part, I do. Um, like I just, I, mean, I don't know if you guys can smell me because I've been in the brewery all day. Um, I made a, a new version of our hot fuzz. The uh, this is kind of a different version um, than our last one, which was also known as the Baby Maker. We had, I think, three people uh, get <laughs> pregnant after drinking that thing. So we made a little bit of a different one. I'll be debuting that one at Strong Beer. Um, and then we'll actually have the uh, real version uh, a few weeks later because the thing just takes forever to f- keep f- uh, to finish fermentation. But we'll put that on afterwards. Um, but, yeah, but that's, I mean, honestly, that's that's that beer is not my style. And so, uh, But I make it for everybody else because people like it. 
I think that's the way you make money, right? Yeah, so we're still, you know, we're in a business. We still got to make money. It's a business. I know, I'm curious about, uh, you know, all, all four of us here. When you go to a bar, what are you looking for? I mean, what, what is the biggest attractor to go to a different bar? Girls. <laughs> <laughs> is that the wrong answer? <laughs> no, we're all men I'm here. I'm not going to disagree with that. But <laughs> yeah, I'm married, so I've got no comment. I'm not. I'm not married. So what about okay. you, Kevin? Well, no. When I I want to look at the beer list first, and he's married. <laughs> Good tiptoeing there. No, I'm usually looking for like if they have a double IPA. That's the first thing I look for. And I'm kind of. I'm still. I know the Northeast IPAs were kind of a big craze. And now they're kind of starting to fade away. But I still like them. So I kind of look for those two. And and usually when I get the double IPA, I'm very picky. It's like, okay, is this going to be a dank one? Is this going to be a piney one? Is this going to be, you know, a well-balanced one? You know, what, what are they going to have on this one, you know? So for oh, me, He's educated. I is, huh? <laughs> I don't even for know For me, when words. we go out, it's about where am I going to go? Right he's like, man, that's hoppy. <laughs> Too much hops for me. Is there yeah. chocolate in it or coffee? <laughs> it's hard for me to go out. You know, I mean, to a regular place and find a beer that I haven't had that I'm actually going to enjoy if it's, you know, a little bit of a regular place because it's, some of these places just have, like, the typical beers or the, you know, the grocery store beers is what I call them. So that's why I like to go to the breweries and get them at the source because I know there's going to probably be something different, something new there that I like. Uh, but I don't – when I go places, it's just like I just kind of look – something that I know is going to be a solid beer um, because very rarely is there ever going to be anything, something special or something new. So is that, is that what drives you now? I mean, I know that's a big thing. At least what I see within the industry is, is you know, people go to a different bar every day, and, and then they go to the bar, and if there's nothing new, they leave. Uh, how do you feel about that, owning a bar and, and, and a brewery? is like, you know, hey, I can't brew every day, and I can't bring a different beer every day uh, to the customer, but I want them to stay. How do you counteract that? With our awesome hospitality. I can vouch for that right there. <laughs> I think the big thing that draws me back to this place is just the level of service that you get and just the friendly environment. Everybody, I mean, I've known Brandon, what, going on two, year, two years yeah. now? Yeah. And I feel as if I've known him probably the last fucking 20-something years just because of the relationship that we developed, which goes back to the whole thing that makes you want to spend your money with the people that you like. I'm going to spend the money somewhere. I might as well spend it with the guy that I fucking enjoy hanging out with and being with, which, let's be honest, he provides some pretty good fucking beer. And stop recording me. You're being weird. <laughs> <laughs> he provides a very good product. And I've brought in, I don't know how many friends just to come here to try it out. And yeah, that's the big thing for me is just, you're going to spend your money somewhere. I'd rather spend it on people that I like. What about you, Kevin? What do you think? Well, one nice thing too. I mean, you have thirteen taps, so every every three or four days at most, something runs out, and so something we put three new, new ones comes on today. On, you know, huh? we had three run out today. Plus, yeah, he's hot, exactly. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been working hard today. They run out faster, right? But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's one of those things that uh, I've read a few articles, and I, you know, I'll, for, yeah, I'll be guilty of it too. Like I just said, I like to go look for something that's a little bit different. So for us. I'm trying to keep and slowly add new beers, slowly add more new beers. Um, but in addition to that, everything we have is Arizona local. And so I'm always looking for something that's a little bit different. Um, not the typical flagship beers from a lot of these other other breweries. Um, nothing, not to say there's anything wrong with that at all. 
but a lot of places now you can go in and you can get those beers and you know if people like Casey does his job really well you know those beers are available everywhere so I always look for something a little bit different it's kind of cool when we get allocated things from some of these friends of ours and we get something special up there um, I I like to have those things up there and our customer base like to come in because they always say there's always something new up there. The beers cycle through constantly, almost on a daily basis. You know, every couple of days, there's always another new beer up there. Like tonight, we had three run out, and I know there's a couple more that are going to be really close. And we're going to we'll put um, you know some other new ones up there. And there's going to be something different almost every time. People come in and they're like, "Oh, you had this beer last time. What was it?" And I'm like, "I, I can't even tell you because were you here what a week ago? Were you here a month ago? It could have been two or three or four different beers since then. So that's the thing that makes it a little difficult for those people. But for us. You know, I like to have something that's a little bit different, something that's gonna, um, you know, say tickle the fancy of somebody, but <laughs> try to try to try to make sure that we cover the palate of whoever comes in here, whether it's a light beer, whether it's a hoppy beer, whether it's a malty beer, whether it's a red beer, whether it's a. Sour what about beer. an amber? Ooh, well, ambers, yeah. it, it, maybe it, browns or something. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I I'm a giant fan of those, and that's why I said that last amber I made, people loved it. And it sold like mad, and people keep asking for that one now. So yeah, I, 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 gotta, I don't know how to make that again. I, I was. Hey, how many stories can we tell tonight? A lot. Can you tell the story of the uh, customer that came in and asked for uh, Amber? <laughs> <laughs> I could tell that story. I'm not ashamed of that one. I want an Amber. Uh, you don't have any. <laughs> the best. <laughs> we, we made a, uh, a barrel-aged version of that, and uh, it was called Spoiled Bitch. Um, and, <laughs> and one day this guy comes in. I was over at the end of the bar doing some paperwork, and this guy comes in. He goes, Where's that beer you had, that stupid bitch? And I was like, oh, man. Oh, that's the same difference. That's Joe right same there. Same difference. <laughs> Did you remember Joe? I just, I mean, that's a great name for a beer, but, man, that's like, oh, that would be so much fun. But, yeah, it just that one just stuck with me. Um, yeah, there's every one of our beer names generally usually have a, have a story to them. That's kind of the fun thing about, you know, brewing is coming up with a beer name. Um, I'm almost bummed that I've got Hot Fuzz coming out again. This, I think this is going to be the first beer that I've made twice now. And so I'm actually doing two different versions of it. So I'm almost thinking, do I need to come up with a different name for this one? Something fun. Hot Fuzz Squared? I don't know. I don't know. You got to uh, you gotta do like uh, Raspberry Squared or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'd change it. It's not going to be the Fuzzy. same. Fuzzy. Peach That's Fuzz. the thing. With, with the beer names now, you, you can't be generic. you got to be creative and... Uh, I think outside of the box as as much as you can, like even if it sounds stupid, like a chair's leg or something. Like, beer names like sell this. beer sometimes. Some people look up there and they don't even look at the style. All they care about that's a funny name. I want that beer. So uh, Harry Berry. Speaking of fucking <laughs> names, at what point do you draw the line? Because you can put a lot of risque stuff up there, which uh, I kind of <laughs> dig. Where do you draw that line? Where do you where do you say, eh, I probably shouldn't have put that name up there because uh, it might offend somebody? Or, or where do one. customers go, oh, shit, that's probably not a good name, or, or I can't support a spoiled bitch, or, you know, I, I've yet to have, identify me. I've yet oh to have God. anybody <laughs> come in and say that's pushing it. Um, people love the name because that beer was called Amber's a Bitch, and people would come in and they would love it, and if their name was Amber, people wanted to take pictures with the sign. Um, I knew an Amber. She is a bitch. And, and the percentage was about 80, 80 20 that Amber's are bitches. She's welcome. Yeah, so, yeah, so if there's Amber's. Just one of those names, you know, you, you deal with. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? They fucking complain? Tell them to get the fuck out of your establishment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I haven't had to do that yet either, but uh, we've yet to have anybody. I checked. We've yet to have anybody ever complain and say, I'm not going to drink that. That's offensive. Um, I hope we do someday. That'd be fun. 
Brandon's bitch, maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a beer about me? Oh my god, what are we doing? Roll like that very often. Yeah, people would come in know. sometimes. I think I think your last name was April. I'm like, it is. <laughs> Like, did you date this, yeah. this ex girlfriend? I was like, no, hell no. Uh, I made my April's ex, maybe. Yeah. That's that old saying, though. If you haven't crossed any lines, you're not pushing hard enough. There you go. And I do try to push it. I like to live in the gray. They need to be well, blurry. April said you don't push it hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a sexual comment. Yeah, hey, so uh, with with uh, you know beer beer fest coming up, strong beers coming. You got the hot fuzz. What else are you pushing out there? You know, it's it's good for people to know. It is. So we want to have, you know, we're the uh, the criminal damage, the ARS sixteen oh two, the uh, IPA that we made. It's it's a crit- pretty good representation of the type of IPAs that roll out of here, and people really like them. They are definitely more of a maltier uh, backbone to them because that's the style I like. Um, this is like the third version of that. Didn't kind we of say IPA. we're using cojones? Cojones yeah. is the word. Cajones? Cajones. All right, we can do that. No back. Cajones. Let's do it. <laughs> so I want to make sure I have that one there. Um, the Criminal Mischief was uh, really popular, and this one I think is actually better. So I think this is going to be a great representation of that. Um, and then, well, obviously, we're taking the hot fuzz. And then after that, I'm not exactly sure, but I think I'm going to have a, a fruited version of our license to pale our pale ale. People seem to really be really happy with this one as well. They keep saying it's probably the best beer that's ever come out of here. So that's pretty cool. And so I think maybe doing something a little bit special you know, kind of jacking that beer up to get it out there, kind of show we're making some specialty stuff. We're not just making the IPAs, the pale ales, the, you know, typical beer that every, you know, every brewery is like, I'm going to make these six styles. No, we want to, we want to push that envelope a little bit. We want to make the beers a little bit different, put our spin on them. So those are the three I think I'm going to have there. Now, when you started, it was five or six years ago, seven years ago, completely different business model at this point. Oh, uh, yes. Palettes have changed. It's just been completely different. How have you been able to mold yourself or mold Richter Aleworks to the clientele of what they're wanting and, and how do you stay on top of that? Man, that's a good question. A lot of people, when they start off, I always say that a lot of people, but when you start off, you think, okay, this is what I want to make. I've heard, I remember Greg Cook at a conference from Stone saying he hated going into, going into breweries and the brewers would say, well, I had to make these beers because the clients want them, but I really like these beers. And he made a comment about, well, don't you want to be proud of all your beers? And I was like, man, I do. That's a great idea. However, in the end, I still have to make beer that's going to sell. So I can go up there and make a brown ale, make an English ale. I can make all these English-style beers, but our clientele wouldn't like that. Um, Everybody wants an IPA, so you've you've got to do it, but i got to put my spin on it. But over the over the years of, of getting this thing operational, yeah, we had a lot of ideas. I wanted to do a lot of Firkins. I wanted to do a lot of the English style. And I knew as things evolved over the last five, seven years that those things can work in the right environment. But you do have to adapt to where you're at, what your clientele is, because they're the ones that are paying the bills. They're the ones that are, are going to make your place you know, succeed. So we've got to... We got to make sure that we have something like that for all of them. Well, that's good. That's a good point of uh, of, of saying. It's just, you know, it's, it's definitely difficult to pull people in now if you don't, if you're not rotating constantly, or or you don't have the beers that people are looking for, especially as a neighborhood uh, brewery. It's very difficult just to keep them around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it for sure is. 
I mean, luckily, not many breweries. I mean, there's only been a few that have actually closed their doors for you know other reasons. But you do have to adapt. There's there's several breweries out there. You hear stories that they started off and they were going to make these beers. And that's all they were going to make. And then you hear later on, well, they started making these other styles. And they started making these other styles. So even the big guys, they have to adapt. Because um, in the end, this is still a business. I'm not homebrewing in my garage and just making beer for me to serve to my buddies. I am making a product to sell to everybody. And so people have to like it. But people are going to come in and maybe they don't like IPAs. Maybe they don't like Saisons. Maybe they don't like Pale Ales. It just depends. Maybe people don't like barrel-aged beers or stouts. So therefore, we try to get other stuff for them. To, to try and enjoy, so you do have to you do have to adapt, and you do have to um, you know make sure that you you have a beer for everybody. It can be a difficult time though. So what about when your buddy comes in and he's like, you know maybe Joe it's over here and he's like, man, I don't find anything I like on tap right now. What are you doing? What? That would never happen. This way? Like, <laughs> that would never happen. Do you, are you I don't like beer. Them or do you go, okay, okay, I got you next week. I'll, I'll buy something you really like or I'll brew something you really like. Like, how, What's the determining factors on that? You know, we try to try to educate the people when they come in, try to get them to experience these other styles of beers. Like, I, I love that comment of, like, I don't like IPAs. I'm like, well, what, what don't you like about them? Oh, they're, they, they taste like licking grass. Well, here, here try this one. Here, try this one. And I think at any given time, we probably have four, on average, four to five IPAs on tap. And almost every one of them is a different style of IPA. So I like to try to get those people to learn about them and try them. And majority of the time, they're like, wow, that's actually really good. I really like that. And that's one of the new things about the hazy IPAs because people are so used to them being so bitter on the back end. And when they get these IPAs that are, that are low bitterness but have a great aroma to them, people are really happy with those. They're like, oh, yeah. I, they wouldn't even order it just because of the name. Uh, that brings it back to, you know, how names can really make a beer or kill a beer. They'll make it, break it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big IPA fan, obviously. One day I may grow up. You like the Hop IPA. Slam, though. The Hop Slam is good. See? But exactly. Did my job well. Could I drink it all the time? I don't know. Oh, I could. It's weird, though, because I started off, when I first started doing this, like I said last week, I was a Bud Light guy. I drank Bud Light, put some lime in it. Like, oh, hey, look at me. Pinky's <laughs> up, bitches. I'm fancy. And then I slowly brought up North Mountain earlier, and that's like the first heft that I had was North Mountain, and then there was a Four Peaks and all that stuff. And uh, was it Santan? I think they had a really good one. And just slowly I've progressed to where now I'm more of a porters or a stout kind of person. And maybe eventually I'll get the IPAs. I don't know. They say that's the last, the last step. Hey, but as far as being here, there's always something I'll fucking drink one way or another. Drink enough of them, they do the trick. <laughs> if that makes any sense to you, Casey, I'm sorry. You look disappointed. <laughs> Put your hand on the back of your head and you do that, it's better. <laughs> that's a big no, microphone, Casey. I mean, as long as you find something you like to drink, I think that's the most important thing, you know, and I always talk about this a lot, and, and Brandon and I have had plenty of conversations. We're very honest with each other. You know, if I if I open a bar, um, you know, I want what the masses want. Uh, uh, would you want to open a bar since you've been in this as long as you've been? Is it like a dream of yours? Is it something that you want to do? Is that like in your short your short list or where are we at with that? My very short list. Uh, I definitely want to open a bar. It, it it takes a little bit of money to open one bar, so <laughs> a little bit and then some. And well, well, not a brewery though. I would like to have a little brewery at some point, but and like I don't maybe a tasting room type of thing, or are you going like full bore? No, 
Tasting room. Okay. And, and the reason being is, uh, being from Virginia, it's it's completely different here. If I opened the brewery, I would do a, a three barrel system, and and I would literally may have three taps on there of my own beer, and and then the rest would be would be uh, different breweries because I. Without going into too much uh, economics of it, I think that's the best business model for Arizona. Uh, have a small tap room with a little brewery, you make the most money here, just being so seasonal. But with a bar, I feel like Arizona is behind the times with the median of the country on on beer bars so i know you want to make money obviously doing it now is your priority to make as much money as you possibly can or putting out a quality product that gets your name out there to everybody and you just you make enough to get by and live a comfortable life where are you at with that no that's great but i i that's not the way that businesses are formed or ran i do want to do that yes enough money to make it by Comfortable lifestyle, comfortable lifestyle, I should have said. Yes, okay, yes, comfortable, for sure. But I think there's a way of doing it, which a lot of people are not doing it here in Arizona. And I need to be soft on this topic, but um, I, th- I think there's ways of doing it with what Brandon was saying is when people come in, you need to educate the customers because a lot of customers, 95, 98% of the people, don't really understand beer or don't understand flavors or I don't like an IPA, like you. Well, I have my reasons for it, but yeah, that's basically it. I'm just. But that's not to say that I, myself behind the bar, can't convince you to drink an IPA. You don't like pineyness, okay? I got you. I got a different a different IPA that's not piney. Uh, there's a lot of things that bars and restaurants can do to uh, help consumers out that don't know exactly know what they're even looking for. I mean, you. you Go to a cocktail bar every day of the week, and there's there could be a bar full of consumers that don't have any idea about cocktails. They have no idea. Oh, I like vodka. Make me a sweet vodka drink. Oh, yeah, no big deal. And you make it with gin, and you make it fruity, and they go, oh, this is the best thing ever. But they don't know the difference between gin and, and vodka. <laughs> so there's more uneducated drinkers is what you're saying as far as Arizona we're behind the times as far as that compared to say like a Denver or Portland or I, I don't want to say that in, in that sense of the word I just think there's a lot of education that needs to be done and I think there's a lot of uh, you know bars and restaurants that need to have education to serve the proper beer in the suburb, proper pint or glassware or how to clean glasses, or, or just how to serve people, or how to you know educate, maybe even educate their own bartenders, uh, because ultimately I want to make more money, but the bartender wants to make more money, and and the owner wants to make more money. So there's there's ways of doing that, and I think that's maybe lacking a little bit. So you want to science the fuck out of it, then is what I'm getting. Yeah, There's a science it, to it. <laughs> yeah, science to a, a simplicity way of, of you, Joe, you can understand what an IPA is or what it could taste like or you don't like it or maybe you don't like a Saison, but do you even know what a Saison is? Like, there's many people that don't that it's just like 
Saison, that's a fancy word. I don't know what the fuck that <laughs> is. It's fancy as fuck. I don't know what that is. is I'm not going to drink that because I can't even pronounce it. Does the glass have a gold We get that sometimes. You put your pinky up with your what's drink a, what's a What's a vice beer? Or what's a weiss beer? You know, yeah, we get people all that time. And for us, where we're at, this isn't a big craft beer, you know, uh, demographic, I guess you could say. So a lot of people that come in here, they're a little bit older. They're a little bit... Um, you know, outside of that, outside of that scene, their families. So when they would come in at first, they didn't know what all these styles of beers. What's a Berliner Weiss? They had no idea. So we have to explain all these styles of beer to them and give them the chance. And then all of a sudden, they try them. Like, wow, that's actually really good. I'll I'll drink that. And so um, we try to make sure we have like certain beers on and different styles to to educate people on that. But you've got it. You're not going to learn until you try them. And I can I can see that. I mean, I love when we were traveling everywhere, going to like just beer bars. Everybody knows like the cool beer bar in all these other states and these other cities. Everybody wants to go. It's a great, it's a great business model. I just, for me, being in the industry and everything, and and I, I, I need to keep this G-rated. You know, for the most part, it's just. Uh, I can't say restaurants or, or bars or anything. But just say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna pay me next year? Yeah, he wants a paycheck. I want a paycheck after this one then. Yeah, well, there's limitations no, then. I, I just think you know uh, anybody can go. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up a beer and wine joint with, uh, you know, liquor's a lot more difficult just because people ask for a lot more drinks and this and that, and you can't just go. Oh, I'm gonna put this in a pint glass and serve it to you because I know it tastes sweet or hoppy or piney or grassy or whatever. You know, you, you gotta have to you kind of have to know a little bit more about liquor to satisfy the people that are coming in. You know, for the most part, uh, but I think there's there's more to like a beer and wine joint because people open them up all the time and oh yeah, I can I can make money like I can just serve cans, bottles and and put some draft on there and rotate every now and then and people will be interested and throw a couple uh, events in there and and I'll be fine. But the realistic factor behind it is there's it's really not that profitable when a lot of people think about it like. If you're not doing a ton of volume, there's not a ton of profit in craft beer unless you're a brewery. You know, that's you, right. You can you can make a lot more money with being a brewery, which is why I wouldn't just strive to be a beer and wine bar. I would strive to be, if I could, a microbrewery with beer wine uh, in my own beer that I that I make. I mean, that's the way to go and. You know, and Richter's got it right because, you know, you need a neighborhood joint where people consistently go there because they enjoy it. I think the model is a, is a solid model. Um, it's a different model, so it depends what your end goal is. You're on, that Mac, you're on that McDonald's platform. You're selling for quantity rather than quality. If I've got 50 um, beers on tap... I'm going to cycle through those beers constantly. It's always about what's new, what's new, what's new. I'm going to buy Slims so I can cycle them through. Um, they're more expensive, so again, you're making less money than if you, bought it, but if you bought a half barrel. But those are the way that people get really excited because it's like, oh, they only got this beer today. It's going to be gone tomorrow, and so I've got to get there to try it. So it, it, it works for some people. Um, you know, It seems to be working for a lot of people right now because everything is opening right now. Um, but for me, the, the, I like the, I like the brewing part of it because it's a little more, a little more homey, I guess you can say. 
Um, but then we do, we make a lot more money making our own beer. Yeah, well, you know, again, it's definitely an environment where people want to come here because they know a lot of people that are here, you know. It's like I said last week, I walk in and there's always people that I've met here before. And it's like, oh, hey, 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 you know, I've got a whole list of people that I'm saying hello to. So it's good. Seriously. I liked I liked the business model of, of a brewery, but I also like the business model of the tap houses. Um, it's fun for me to go when I get a chance. I can go to a tap house and and try a bunch of beers. That's really cool. Uh, but and it, and it would it would work out here. It, it works seems to work everywhere. Um, but that's you know I'm not I wouldn't say I'm as, as schooled on that as maybe as Casey is. Um, and so you know I don't know if I would want to do that. Um, I I see why it works and why it could work. Um, you know, for something like what, what Casey would like to do, even for us. But I, the, having a brewery attached to it is, I, I do think, is the way to go. Um, there's been a lot of places that it, maybe they started off as a, as a small bar and they try to get in craft and they try to do craft-centric and try to change to it. And in the end, they're still doing the same thing. But then they always have that, you know, that Bud Light, Middle Light, PBR on tap as well. So at what point are you just, just selling beer? When the fuck did PBR become such a huge thing again? That's what I want to know. You go everywhere and it's like, oh, PBR, oh, PBR. That's hipsters. crazy. Hipsters. Fucking hipster bullshit. Hipsters. Hipsters, yep. I yep. just don't get it. I can't even drink that beer. I can't either. I tried to play <laughs> beer pong with it one time and, oh, man. I didn't play with college it. college or up, what? It, no, no, it was like five years ago. <laughs> fuck. I remember the last time I got fucked up about PBR. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. Never. That's probably got to be the worst thing as far as when it comes to like craft beer and all this other bullshit. You get these hipster fucks that think they're lumberjacks with their beards and their fucking touche. Where the fuck they Brandon? put on their heads? What? Yeah. Hey, he You're- isn't wearing a flannel shirt, so he's fucking good. And I didn't see him it's walking over there with an on the axe. brewery. Oh. <laughs> you forgot that one today. You got an axe that you It's used a Dixon. To? I didn't bite it, Dillard's. <laughs> with all due respect to you hipster fucks that might be listening to this. Yeah, no, I was knots and bullshit. Yeah. I was actually sitting in a bar in Wisconsin, which has some fucking amazing craft beer, like ridiculously good beer. And I was drinking some beer I'd never heard of before that was from northern Wisconsin, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so freaking good. And the people at the next table over, they actually were wearing plaid, and they ordered PBR. And skinny jeans, I bet. And everyone at my table like did a double take and whipped their heads around and our eyes were big and we we're just like I can't I we were just and we looked at each other we didn't say anything but we were all just like I can't believe they just ordered were they that. drinking out of straws? No, they they got they got the cans. Remember, this was, we were this trying was to see all the ago. turtles and shit in the ocean. See, and that's yeah. another thing. There's a brewery that's to the west of you. Um, I won't say their name out there, but they probably know. How did they? How do you as an establishment, you name yourself, you're a brewery or a microbrew, and then you turn around and you still sell, like, Mick Ultra and all these other bullshit fucking beers. I, I don't understand that one. I don't understand. That's, man, you know, everybody has hey, a... like God. I said, do you want to make money or do you not want to make money? Uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, Brandon will speak to this, but, uh, you know, everyone has their vices and stuff, but... If you have enough customers come in here and go, I literally just want to drink those Equis all day. Go to Salty Senoritas. Oh wait, they're closed. <laughs> Fucking go somewhere else. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, fuck that. But they say they will come here every day, and uh, a bottle is ninety-six cents, and you charge four or five bucks for it. 
like at the end of the day, it's it's a business decision. So if if you come here every day and and you want your your Coors Light or your Bud Light or your Dos Equis, whatever it may be, Corona, uh, you know your big beer stuff, Mick Ultra, I don't whatever it is. If that person is consistent and they want to come here every day to hang out for a, three beers, and that's what they want to drink, and they and they just they can't find a beer they like to drink here, you carry it because that nope. <laughs> I'm all, I will. Yeah. Re- so it's. I, I, I are you disagree. an entrepreneur? Are you I would need it though. I disagree. I think that's a different that's a different model. When we opened up, I always said I don't want to compete with Hooters. I don't want to compete with the local bar. They don't have my beer on. They don't have any of those other beers that I have on tap. Nope. People it's, come in here and want Bud Light, Miller Light, Corona, whatever. Go to they, fucking Vinny's or Fabio's. Yeah, they can the walk across the street that. and go so get that there. That could be a, a 300% markup right there for you. It could. That could, that, could, it, that could potentially create two more beers for you for free because they're drinking Coors Light. But they're also person. selling it for $4. Where, where the beer we sell, we sell for, you know, we sell for more. But I'm also making my own beer, which oh, I'm selling for, no, you know, I'm making, my, and I'm that's that's making why, my money. That's why we're different That's because I understand the other side of it as well. Mm-hmm. I understand your side because I, I get it because that's why I want to be. But I also have to understand the other side uh, for a lot of these other bars and restaurants. You know, I don't have Vinny's, but I have a lot of the places that sell a crap load of, of domestics and things. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand because there's a reason they sell that. They sell yeah. a bunch of craft beers, like they they sell, and they sell a decent amount, like locally. Any, I have I have a really good bar, and I won't tell what it was or what it is right now. But they're very locally driven. They don't have to be. They don't they don't care about that. Mm-hmm. You know, price point is definitely a thing. Um, and there's, I I imagine, three three out of the four of us have been there before. And no Are you one saying I haven't guess, been there? <laughs> <laughs> no Brandon. one would guess the place that, that we'll this take is. you. We'll take but you. But they do have Helton on tap. They do have Ren House on tap. They do have. They had Helio Basin on tap at one point. They will have Four Peaks. Uh, they've had Dubini on tap. They, you know, they, they have Dragoon on tap. They do support local, uh, and they, they, they care about quality. But they also carry Coors Light, uh, Coors Original. They have those things because they know. Are those on tap of those package? Because in the end, they're just Both. trying to make a dollar. Is what it's is where it's at. It, Both. You, what is you it? Serve Your a quality product. Principles. It's principles when it comes to that point. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Well, are you doing it for the money, or are you doing it because you're trying to make a name for yourself and put your product out there, or other local Arizona beers out there on the to beat big business or the big guy? The neither and both at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's market market segmentation too, right? Like you know, they're going for a different part of the market. It's like, you know, they're a restaurant. They're like a restaurant, or they're venue. a sports bar, or they're you know, and and as well as serving beer and cocktails. You know, it's also a little easier to do that when you're you specialize in being a tap house. You specialize. All you're doing is selling beer. So you can put on 30, 40, 50 beers, and at some point you're like getting a little sparse. Well, what am I going to put up that's new? And you can afford to put on some of those money makers. I mean, you, you know about it. You, you, there's always the loss leaders for you know craft beer or, or big beer. There's the loss leaders. And they do it to get people in the door and they get people just to buy it. Cause hopefully, they're going to buy one of those and then maybe buy something that's more expensive. It's a different business model. It's a different you know 
industry, I mean, altogether in a way, and it's a sub a sub industry of what we do as far as alcohol goes, and it works. And some of those places where they they open up, it works even better because maybe they're the only bar on that corner, maybe they're the only bar in that neighborhood. Just because they specialize in craft beer, we still get people that come in and want something different. We get people walk through the door all the time. Oh, I drink I drink Corona. What do you have that tastes like Corona? Oh, I drink Mick Ultra. You know, we try to steer them. It's to over that. at the QT. You'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what I love about this conversation because we got we got two beer fans, right? We got a drinker and we got a beer fan. We got a brewer and then we got a distributor and you know whatever you want to call it. We have two brewers. We discussed this earlier. I'm pretty much a brewer already. <laughs> you don't get called a. Do brewer we got to do that pipes. again? I've touched shit and I've shoveled shit. <laughs> That'll be every female out there if you want to call them a brewer. Hey, girl. Yeah. But but that's the thing, uh, you know, and. and I love because I couldn't tell you who it was, you know, and everyone had a different impression on who it was, and everyone was wrong on what they thought this place was. Everyone was completely wrong. Huh. You know, and it's interesting because uh, this this happens every now and then because this place is a big spot. They go through a ton of volume, but they're a huge local supporter for good beer. They're about quality, also price point. Uh, but a lot of places they don't think about it, and and this is what I was getting about about making money is is uh, you know you get your good quality beers in there right, and, and those are a little more pricey, for the most part they're they're pricier, uh, but you can make up with it with your domestics or whatever all these local breweries that are doing light lagers now, you know so you get a nice light lager that's cheaper and you put it on tap. So these places do the, you know, more well-known breweries and, and whatever you want to do, big conglomerates that make them cheaper and stuff by rice and corn. But they sell a shitload of craft. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked you a question about one of these type of places. If that was not, the case. It's not a tap house. It's a venue. Uh, uh. So they have shows there, the concerts, people come in and play. Potentially, what but makes it a venue? But that make, but there's another, there's a draw based on that already. But that goes to show that there's there's volume within craft because they definitely pump craft, but they make up their their margin difference by the the cheaper domestics yeah. that people that everyone knows that comes in there on the on the larger scale. Yeah, but but that would say. The people coming there are coming there for a reason. You're bringing people from all types of life. They all have different opinions of, of, and different tastes. So they have to kind of cover every everything. And so that it works for them. But that's also like saying, well, I'm going to open up a tap house and all I'm going to have is macro beer. How come nobody's done that? Why can't you? Because that's every other bar. That's, that's Applebee's. No, no getting good in the neighborhood. But there's I'll also a reason you, why. why true. There's Being also a reason why that demographic. I mean, sorry, why that segment of the beer industry is overall sales are decreasing. I could do that. You want me to do it? I do it. Okay, go for I it. W- I really will because I, I just I will teach a lesson. Uh, just for the simple fact of ninety-eight percent of people don't have any idea who owns who and what is craft and what's not craft. So I can open a bar and go, hey, I have, uh, let's see, 13 taps, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'm going to have 10 barrel. 
Okay, Tambrel, I'm gonna do the sour. Okay, then I'm gonna do a lesion and I'm gonna do the uh, a double IPA. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm gonna do Hot Valley, I'm gonna do the Blondale. I have no idea who that Hot Valley is. Where are they from? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Oh, I'm gonna do St. Archer, I'm gonna do the Hazy IPA. Where's where's St. Archer from? Uh, San Diego. You remember St. Archer? They owned by Miller Coors? I have heard of St. Archer. I don't drink them, but whatever. Are they from Miller Coors or AB? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> he didn't even know they were not independent. Point taken. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got to, I got you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to the Phoenix Open this weekend, right? My man right there from the ASU, they're not very good at sports, but I understand. Oh, God. <laughs> USC so, beat them the other day. No big deal. Uh, I'm going to the, the Phoenix Open this weekend. Okay, I'm going to a bar right near Scottsdale. I'm going to go get some Four Peaks. I don't fucking know what it is, but I'm going to get some Hot Knot, and I'm going to get some Raj, and I'm going to get some White Ale or something. This is great. This is fantastic. Why can't I get this anywhere else? Oh, shit. They're on my AB. I didn't know that. This is really good beer. I had no idea. No one cares. No one cares. No, and that's... 98% of people have no, no idea. Dude. So right the point the point being is I can open up the tap room, and I'm going to say I am... Uh, Whatever, I'm just a little local tap room, right? And I could do 100% uh, bought out beers, and no one would know. To I'm waiting point. for that to happen. Well, that's what, that's what the AB is doing with the 10 barrels. They're opening up 10 barrels around the country now. Oh, yeah. They got like I'm just saying I, I could use, because there's so many of them now, and not just between Miller Coors, Anheuser-Busch, or any of these big constellations, something like that. I could open them up and and I could be like, oh, I'm gonna have grapefruit sculpin on tap, like I did earlier tonight. And people are like, I love sculpin. This is the best idea I've ever had in my life, and no one would blink an eye. That and brings they, us back to a topic we hit very early on about about selling out. There's a reason why they're doing that kind of stuff and it's working because they're trying to combat craft beer and so they couldn't compete with it so therefore they're buying it and now they're trying to almost trick the consumers into thinking hey well, now we're a tap house we have all these craft breweries you really don't know the difference that they're not independently owned and it's in there so their plan is working that way well you think so but the problem being is is your keg would be cheaper than a balance point keg at the end of the day, wow. is that they have not cheapened up the keg of, of, of these kegs that are coming from these big breweries. Uh-huh. They're not cheapening the kegs of the prices. So that doesn't help the retailer. Uh, that, I, that's that for me being on the distributor side is not saying that they are, um, cheapening the ingredients, uh, on my end, and I, I don't know because I don't work for the breweries or any of that kind of deal. But for me, being being on this side so long as I could go, I'm gonna open a tab room up and I'm I'll do all AB Miller cores, and I I might do this at some point as I would do I would, hey, there's plenty of good beers that these guys produce, and that'd be a cool event. Hey, let's so, do all these specialty beers from all these really good breweries that yeah. are bought out. And I'm not saying I support this completely, but. There's there's a certain level of uh, being bought out where you affect the complete market. When you affect the market, that's where it affects me. That's personal. Do you think though, 
that the craft beer bars that start up, their clientele are the beer fans, the beer nerds. Those are the people, that's why they go there. That's what's supporting them because they're getting the rarest of the rare, the newest of the new, and that's why people go there. No. You don't think so? No. No. Why do you think they go then? Well, that's exactly. I'm saying that if they're trying new beer, they're looking for something new. Hey, have you ever had uh, Spruce Tip Sculpin? No. Exactly. My point being is it doesn't it doesn't need to be. Hey, Kevin, how many times are you going untapped? How many beers do you have checked in? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> point I actually right have there. more than Brandon. I think. Yeah, I, want, I actually want to be on this podcast more often because I, I think I bring a lot because. The, the simple fact is that people, uh, no matter who you are, you're a beer enthusiast, you're a, a, a brewer, you're a, you, you just love beer, or you just don't know anything about beer. You know, if somebody goes to you and says, oh, and taps, you got to get on there. You got to check in a bunch of these beers. You got to try these beers. Like, they're they're phenomenal. And you go, oh, I've had Sculpin before. Oh, shit, there's uh, Grapefruit Sculpin. And then your partner next to you goes, that's been there for seven years. You're just coming in now? Like, okay, well, shit, there's this new spruce tip sculpin. I got to check that in, too. Yeah. Like, Kevin, how does that affect you when you go to a bar and you want to check in a new beer? Like, is that is that a big factor? Well, yeah. I mean, I look at the list of beers, and I'm like, oh, well, I've had this one. I've had that one. I've had that one. I haven't tried that one yet. And but it's a style that I will probably like, but I haven't checked it in yet, so I want to try that one first. You know, so it does affect me. So I don't think I've ever looked at my Untapped and think I haven't had that one, therefore I'm going to order it. I've never ever done that. Well, I, I usually I usually know. It's like oh, I've never heard of that beer before. I'm pretty sure I haven't checked it in. You know, whether so, that's Miller Coors or Anheuser Busch, I've never had both. Well, because I am who I am and I do what I do, I generally know if it is them or not. Generally, yeah, yeah. I, I would. Well, I'm know. sure I've been tricked before. Just like the whole thing with Fuller's today, I am heartbroken about Fuller's being sold. I loved Fuller's beer. When's the last time you had a Fuller's beer? London. When is the last time you had a Fuller's beer? Oh man, it hasn't See? been that long. Because it's it's hard to get here. Yeah, you look for it. Yeah, not anymore. I used to for a lot, but I don't anymore. See, I mean that that's the point. Point being is, uh, when's the last time you had victory at sea? I checked in a Fuller beer in August of 2013. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, I don't know, six and a half years ago. The what? Yeah, it was at Rose and Crown. <laughs> Thanks to Untapped. <laughs> See, I love that. I mean, I, I think that's, that's just a, a point being of like, okay, Omegang is a great brewery, and I don't, I don't sell Omegang or anything like that, but uh, what, they do with, uh, what they do with the whole Game of Thrones deal is you can still sell them an empty bottle for $30. Yeah, I'm excited about trying some of those beers just because they're Game of Thrones beers. I want to get I don't, I don't go for gimmicky good, beers. Huh? I don't go for gimmicky, gimmicky beers. I've never had any of them. The only one I want is the Metallica beers. I want the Stone you, Metallica beers. I, oh, I've had that already, but... You, I want the cans. I want I the cans. I can't say if it's good or not, but... Can you give me the cans? I got one before, but I can't get it again. But, like his shirt says right there, I mean... Uh, how many people will not buy a Game of Thrones beer to drink on the Game of Thrones release day? Is it to say that that beer is so phenomenal they need to drink it that day? No, it's just the marketing behind it. and that's. So my question to you, Brandon, is what is your branding and how did you brand yourself? 
That's a great question because branding is so important. Uh, hype plays a lot in it, and if you grab lightning in a bottle, you run with it. Very rarely have somebody been able to do that if you have, but branding is absolutely important. You've got to have a, a recognizable brand. It's all about getting getting up, as I put it back in the graffiti days. you got to get it out there. you got to be people aware of your brand. Um, for me, it's I love to sticker bomb shit. I love to put them everywhere. I love to be out there. I love to be in the in the culture of this. Before we had a brewery, uh, we were amassed, or you were in, immersed in this in the culture of Arizona's local local beer scene. We even had a different name, and so that kind of hurt to start over. But we worked really hard to come up with a good looking brand, come up with a good looking swag, come up with you know items and in, in, in colors that people remember to remember us by. Once we opened, that'll only get you so far. You can have the best looking logo in the world you're gonna have the hottest chick behind the bar but in the end it's still about the product it's still about the beer that's going to bring people in and one thing to think about too is the product is not actually just the beer it's the whole environment it's it's your place it's the atmosphere you set it's the tone you set so like when i'm thinking about going out you know it's like oh am i just gonna go eat dinner somewhere and have a few beers with dinner and then go home or am i gonna go watch a game while I ate dinner and have a beer? Or am I going to, you know, go to a fancy dinner and have some cocktails and then go home? Or am I going to go to somewhere like Richter's and hang out with people and drink beer and get some food? And and is it going to be like a party or is it going to be like a dinner? You know, it's like there's a huge spectrum of choices. And, you know, Brandon, your place is one point on the spectrum where it's like oh you hang out with people you know it's not just it's not just about the beer it's you know the beer is a huge part of it but it's not just about the beer it's also the whole experience you know and this is a very different tone than a place where you just go eat dinner and then you get out you know so (laughs) yeah that's the thing we kind of pride ourselves on and it's funny because we we talked about we wanted to have a good vibe we want to have a cool vibe where people like to hang out and man, people come in and say that to us all the time. We love the vibe. We love the vibe, and uh, it and it works for us. I'm sure people come in here and hate it. Oh my God, they're playing heavy metal on the radio, and it's you know what? Okay, that's that's what we do here. If you don't like it, you can go to those other places. You can go to uh, I wish you'd play else. more Taylor Swift, but uh, whatever. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> I feel bad when people come I want in here. Reggae like, though. I mean, <laughs> I think reggae is like the perfect part. We don't have any Bob Marley on our gay? playlist. I totally need to add some of that. Like I said, when I open my bar up, it'll be a reggae. A Rastafarian bar? No, 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 no. no. It's more uh, rock reggae. But. Yeah, I think people come here more for the party atmosphere than the music. <laughs> the music is just, it's there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I don't doubt that at all. I, think, I think they come here for the atmosphere and I the think they come personal connection Joe. that they get. See, like, if I put my music on right now, everyone's uh, self-esteem and, and composure and everything would be way up what are you gonna play you're from virginia taylor swift <laughs> if joe wants taylor swift, CCR. Wang. taylor swift i feel bad when people come here hey we're in a band we, we got a four-piece country band I'm like thanks but no thanks sorry uh northern virginia does not play country we don't do that okay yeah i don't know the difference uh, i would definitely Virginia's notice Virginia if country me. music started playing here <laughs> is uh is phoenix the same thing kevin as tucson Oh, God, no. Don't even get me started with that. No, we are not Tucson. Oh, is that right? Because Virginia is not Virginia. Okay, all right. 
Right. Northern Less, Virginia. Lesson, lesson learned. Virginia I've actually been to Virginia, Virginia twice. Or, let's get this straight. It is not West Virginia. Okay. I, I, I hope I, we know that. All right. I'll, I'll give you that then. We don't like our cousins. <laughs> <laughs> that is false. You love your cousins. So uh, we've been going for a while, and uh, I don't know how much we've actually accomplished tonight or what we uh, actually, you know, figured out. But what I think is Kevin likes to drink beer no matter what it is. <laughs> Casey really wants to start a bar and do nothing but macro beer. Casey's angry. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Joe just wants to drink a lot of beer and hang out here. And for me, it I just want to fight. My feelings. I just want to fight the good fight and go home and take a shower because, man, I smell tonight. <laughs> Hey, if I could tell you what my idea for a bar was, you would seal it, so I can't tell you. Yeah, that was that's another point of advice I will tell you. Before you open, don't tell people shit because people steal your ideas. So save it for after when you're done. Coming yep. soon. Coming soon. That's all that's all I can say. I hope so. Good, because then you can document it on here as long we didn't even talk about Joe's popcorn today. That lady has big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I think she has a boyfriend though. That's actually your husband, and I think, I think Joe, you might know him. Hey, first and foremost, I do have a question, though. Uh, uh, besides Arizona, I know you've been outside of Arizona. You have, too. I hope, hopefully, I mean. I've been to Denver. I've done it. Whatever. <laughs> uh, what are your some, What are your favorite bars you've been to before outside of Arizona that you wish that maybe would come in Arizona? Or, or why would they come into Arizona? Or what, what was the pull to come here? Like Church key in DC. Church key in DC was awesome. Yeah, that's not fair though. That's not. Have you been? It's my idea, but yes. Church key. Church key is badass. Hey, is that guy's name Billy? No. What's his name? Okay, Brandon. So outside of outside of Church key, because it's not really a fair bar, because uh-huh. it's in DC, there's no laws or what um, real estate. Real estate. Everybody's gonna throw out Falling Rock. No, no, but you, you personally, what do you think? I'm, I, I want, I want uh, personal opinions. Even my man with the horrible, Surly. he's got bad opinions. Hat on. But you, you're just naming a name because you can name a name. He's a Minnesota I want you to name a name that's fucking awesome. It's hard because I, I couldn't even tell you like an actual name because even not by, I'm, not by beer. I don't want to know about beer. I want to know what, what bar. Or or brewery did you go to? Not because of the beer, because of the atmosphere, or why you would want to go there again. Christus uh, Cabaret. It's a tough question. It's not like a very easy question. Like I went to Richard because the beer was great. Uh-huh. But the atmosphere sucked. Iron Pig, It was a decrepit bar with like shit was falling off the roof. It was plaster was falling off the roof. What brewery was this? Iron Pig in Minneapolis, Minnesota. One of the greatest places. They had had different breweries on tap. But still, Surly was one of the top ones out of the thing. They had their own food. They had a brewery in the back as well. But one of the greatest places to go in Minnesota to go to was Iron Pig. See, that's what I'm talking about. I'm looking for more stuff like that. The roof was like falling off. It was like, it could be be like condemned. See, I think I think that's important because you know I'm I'm trying to bring a different perspective to people, uh, the place that they've been to and and what they miss. And Arizona is a very outsider's place. 
a lot of people come to Arizona because they think the weather is fantastic and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think there's a lot more experiences outside of Arizona that maybe people miss or, or they'd like to see here that they don't, they don't say, they, they don't talk about. I'm going to say with all due respect, and I did say with all due respect, he's wearing ASU clothes, so it really doesn't matter what the fuck he just said. Of course it does. <laughs> it's, maroon, it's about maroon and golden here. You better get used to it. Yeah. What, what university is there in no. Blythe? So, so I've got a place in Kansas City that I went to called the Beer Kitchen, and... They weren't just about beer. They had really good food, too. So it's like we went to have a nice lunch, and they had a lot of good beers on tap. And I'm sure some of them were, you know, had been bought out, and some of them weren't. I don't know. There were some Kansas City beers, and there were some national beers. But they also had a beer fridge in the corner, and it was like aspirational beers, right? Like there were beers straight from Belgium in the beer cooler, but they were like, Thirty dollars a bottle, so there was no fucking way I was gonna drink those. But it's just like you look at them and you drool over them, you know. So oh, it's yeah. like the place was good, the experience was good, it was an awesome meal, and it was aspirational. It would teach you something, you know. And I think that's awesome, by the way, because uh, just being in the industry for so long, thirty dollars a bottle, I kind of refuse. As much as I drool over it, I'm like, fuck, I can't, I can't spend that much money on, on a bottle that I never know what it's going to taste like. I, I mean, I have an idea, but is that something I'm really going to like? Remember when craft beer was cheap? I'm just going to yeah. 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 throw this out there. I mean, hey, but for some of us that have been in the industry, like, it's easier for us to go, no, I'm not paying for that. But for people outside that don't know and they, they see a name or something... They're more than willing to pay for for that, you know. And right, and so like that day, I didn't pay for any of that beer, but I wrote it down. I made lists. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna look for this beer, and if I can get a deal on this beer, I'm gonna buy some of it. Or if I get a chance to drink it or try it, I will, you know. But I wasn't gonna pay thirty dollars that day. But yeah, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like that day, I've done it before, and I think it's yeah, definitely done it before. And I've definitely brought it, beho- brought it home and, and said, damn, fuck $30 down the drain. Because you never know with some of these things. Right. It's just, it's, it's just very interesting. Yeah. Well, especially uh, sours and things. I mean, for an outside consumer that goes and tries a beer, $30 is a lot of money. You know, if you can go up there and, uh, and get a $6, 10 ounce pour of something, you're much more willing to try that than, than $30 for a bottle where it's just you trying the entire 750 So I am cramping up sitting here because I've been <laughs> brewing all day. I've been going since 11 o'clock this morning. And what time is it? So we're like going on 12 hours. Yeah, 10.30. Hey, Brandon, so, what, what, what got you into brewing? What, well, more than just... I like beer. Well, welcome to last you know, week's conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got I got some of it, but how about we do this next time? <laughs> yeah, someone needs to go home and yeah. I think I think Casey got here like eleven hours Please. ago, and he's been drinking ten percent plus beers. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm into this. I like this. 
I know this is fun. Well, that's why we're going to do it generally on every weekend. And then so we got to invite them back. Whenever yeah. you're not doing something, you can make it here. We you know, because you were too busy last week at the brew festival in Florida. He was watching football at a bar. Don't let him lie yeah, to you. That's yeah, that's what it was. This is true. This is true. But, Joe, what is your favorite beer? It was a circle jerk. <laughs> uh, we discussed that, I think, at minute five and 38 seconds. <laughs> My bad. I said Bud Light with lime. Yeah. Apparently, so, so here, that does not count. That does not I, count. I told you, I love this beer. No, not you, Joe. He said Bud Light with a little splash of lime. Oh, no. That does not count. Okay, so here, Casey, I'm going to give you a homework. Next week, we're all going to talk about our, fav- our favorite beer, and we might even bring one if we have it. We'll talk about it, and we'll talk about how we all started falling in love with beer. Yeah, but I, I can Bud Light with lime. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, and Joe would bring that. Joe might not make it this next week. I'm going to be here getting that. ready for... Uh, but Joe, you have to go buy a $30 bottle. Of what? Beer. <laughs> we still I don't have care some what it is. It was thirty beer. bucks. I'm I'm probably gonna like it. I'll get you a nice Pinot Grigio. Um, <laughs> no, no, beer, beer, maybe beer, a beer, cab. Yeah, for thirty dollars, you're probably into scotches. <laughs> oh, or, or, or bourbons. <laughs> oh man, we go off the rails if we do that. Yeah, no doubt. No, I don't think so. I think well, we'll I am brown, right. so I'll get you a nice tequila. Um, yeah, let's just do it. I'm all, I'm all for that. We'll, ca- we'll cancel that. We'll just say, Joe, go home, go sleep. Uber home, Uber home. All right, well, I'm going to try to wrap this up for us a little bit here. I hope you guys uh, had some fun. I know we were kind of all over the place. We hit on a few topics and uh, several other new ones, and we're going to elaborate on these in the coming weeks. Um, this is pretty much going to be most of our, hey. our core four right here. Before we leave, what? let's get a little bit of advice from everybody here. Okay, what's your advice? <laughs> Don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> so that's Joe's advice. Brandon, what's your advice tonight? What's my advice? Yeah, yeah. Make sure this is what you want to do before you do it. It's nice. All right, my advice is the stock market is on sale. Buy index funds now. It's on sale. <laughs> Sounds horrible. Never would like that advice. You, Take my advice. Never listen to him. Uh, what's <laughs> <laughs> Here's here's mine. What's normal to the spider is chaos to the fly. That's some deep shit right there. Yeah, that's deep. That's deep, sure. All right, for Joe, Kevin, and Casey, I'm Brennan. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.